What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, the man with the plan, Colin Mitchell. What is my plan, Bruni? I don't know. Your plan is my plan because we are a team, Colin. We work in unison to create the best North Texas football coverage in the world. I'd say we were unparalleled last night. I don't think anyone was even close to us, really. I, I, mean, no, I mean, you look at the videos, you look at the tweets, you look at the gamer, you look at the recap, the photos. The content. Just, just, just the content. Hashtag content. Colin. Hashtag content. We are the content kings. Of North Texas football. Of North Texas athletic, or Athle- uh, basketball and Basketball, and football. football and recruiting. And recruiting. 24-7 yeah. sports. That's our motto. We, we cover that. <laughs> that's our motto. That's our, oh, that's we our, cover that 24-7, 365. Wow. Look at that. You're creative. You think it's a pun? You're Is it a pun? Creative. I don't know. Would I you, don't know. Would, would you call it a pun if yes. 24-7 means 24-7? Yes. All right. I don't know what else 24-7 would mean. I don't know. I've only been working here for a year. <laughs> <laughs> think we should. I feel like it's like a cult. Like you, you get like inducted, and they finally tell you like what it means, like yes. whether or not it means yeah. you have to wait for it. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to wait. We'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll talk to my people. Yeah. Um, if, if he shows up with a hood at a game, just just know. Just know. he's been inducted. Just know. Um, I was well sidetracked. I was gonna buy one of the. They have a collared shirt that's really nice. I was gonna buy it. It was only like thirty dollars. A twenty four seven collared shirt. Yeah. The you should get the CBS one. I should have. They, you should get the CBS one. They're sold out now. I should. We should both get the CBS one. Actually, be official. And then we could have Colin, the other Colin. By the way, for those of you who don't know, we have another Colin. Yeah, big thanks to Colin Kennedy for yeah. helping us out last night with the videos that you see on Twitter, the videos you see at the stories, and everything like that. Great job um, doing that work with us, and he also got us some photos as well. So yeah, but we should also rock his his shirt, and then the same shorts, and then we all get a watch with some tennis shoes. That's official. That is official. You, I mean, you could actually look official for once in your life. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, shout anyways. out, shout out, Luke for, you know who you are, Luke for okay. not for not for not saying that I was a oh yeah dapper was was very upset. I got way I got way too many compliments saying I look sharp. You wore the, you wore the same thing you wore last like, year I've and the worn year before. This the last three years, yeah. Football games. Anyways, all right, Colin, let's get to football because North Texas and Abilene Christian, like we said, we covered that into the ground. North Texas beat Abilene Christian 51-31 to in a game where I phrased it in one of my stories. I phrased it as it was a game that had a lot of excitement uh, afterwards, but then it also had a lot of anxiety afterwards. Like a lot of people were anxious after the, the win because while they won, and they won by 20. They, didn't cover, by the way. Yeah, they didn't cover. We'll get into that. Um, there were some flaws in the game. And so I think we, we need to talk about those. But first, let's quickly recap the game. North Texas scored on two of their first, what, four plays from scrimmage? Yes. Roughly. Yeah. Yes. Um, Something like that. Yeah. And, and there was a 61-yard kick return thrown in there. There was a Rico Bussy like, 50-yard pass thrown in there. It was a hectic start to the game. And North Texas put it on Abilene Christian early, went up 14-0, went up. 17-0 went up 24-0 then 31-0 and then Abilene Christian settled in and put up some points which started alarming people which I'm not sure it should have but we'll get into that in a second um so then eventually the game wore on you know 
people start coming in. You know, people start wondering why is Mason still out there. Abilene Christian keeps it a three-score game, three score game for the majority of the second half. So, I mean, 24 points for the majority. Then it got went down to uh, 20 at the end. And North Texas comes out with a 51-31 win. Colin, I guess the first question is, how was what was your reaction to the first half? First half, I thought they were putting up 77 points like we said they were going to, maybe. Yeah. I was like, I looked at Bruni and I was like, is this Nichols State? Because, it, like you said, it was 30, what was it at half? 31? 31 to 10, I believe. 31 to 10? Yeah, and then they scored right when they came uh, right when they came back I'm out. I'm sorry, it was 38 to 10. 38 to 10, yeah. So, I mean, I was like, uh, I guess if you double that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Exactly. So, 76 points is what it would have been if you doubled that, and then there you go. I Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot has to break right, and you have to actually want to continue to score. Right, and, and yeah, I knew, I, we all knew that they were going to kind of pull off the gas a little bit, and they ended up with 48 um until the yeah until the end where they got 51 the final oh yeah in the fourth quarter yeah i mean they scored 48 points in three quarters you can't really ask for too much on that on that end and um i mean then abilene christian scores 14 in the fourth quarter to put up 31 and it had a lot of people wondering you know why why were they scoring 31 points on this defense do you have an answer for that question colin no it was concerning it was concerning so let me answer for you then um the thing about this defense is that they have depth. Okay, we we agree they have depth, right? They yes. Have, they have guys that can make plays. You know, at backup safety, backup defensive linemen, backup corners that can make plays. Um, also at the jack linebacker spot, you know, Jamie King, Joe Zogu, those guys were fine. Uh, but when you get to the inside linebacker position, position, those guys are still they're young. In a way, in a sense. So Tyreek Davis is a junior. Katie Davis is a sophomore. Um, they're young. They're and, both young at the position. Yeah, yeah. For the, especially for the position, you're right about that. It's their first year starting um, at that position. And Tyreek Davis was a nickel before that. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I need to see a lot more f- from them in terms of run defense and in terms of getting to the quarterback and shedding blocks, because I feel like one thing that I saw that I'm gonna have to go back and watch the film on. Uh, is how they were able to handle getting blocked by by linemen coming to the second level, by tight ends pulling or or any or fullbacks for that matter for, yeah. or anybody because I feel like they weren't they weren't real impact players in the game. Tyree no. Davis and Katie, Katie Davis like they weren't making a ton of sacks. How many? I mean, how many tackles did they end up with? I'll I'll look that up Leave, later. Uh, Tyreek had one sack. Tyreek had one sack. Yeah. Um. Because wasn't it, didn't he force a fumble? Remember right right before yeah. the. Yeah, Tyreek forced a fumble. Yeah. yeah. Um, Katie Davis ended up with six tackles, and Tyreek Davis ended up with two. No sacks? Uh, Tyreek Davis had a tackle for loss. You're thinking of the Jack- Jackson Gibbs who had the sack. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, in. you're right. But Tyreek Davis did have a fumble recovery. Um, so you get six tackles and two tackles from your starting inside linebackers. And even though, I, again, I have to go back and look at exactly how much they played and how many snaps they had. That's still the most alarming thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, there's no way it can't be because you go come off a season where EJ and Brandon were getting ten tackles a piece, a game. Yeah, a game, obviously. Um, for those two not to have a big impact right off the bat is alarming to me because we've been worried about that position for the entire off yeah. season. And unlike these other positions that I named, their depth is not as strong because you go, you look at the two deep. And you have Kevin Wood, a true freshman, behind, um, behind I believe, Tyreek. And then 
at the other inside linebacker linebacker position, you have Larry Nixon. Yeah, don't even have Mike Linehan or Lamasters. Yeah, out I, don't, there. I don't believe I saw Mike Linehan or Will Lamasters out there. They definitely didn't record a tackle. Gabriel Murphy had a tackle, and again, they could have came in late. Um, I'm looking up for other linebackers that had a tackle besides Katie and, and Tyreek, inside linebackers, that is. Um, Chris Thornton had a tackle as well, and that could have been special teams. But um, yeah, so those are the only two other linebackers to make a tackle. I think that's probably the the main concern right now is that the linebackers didn't jump off the page in any way. Even Joe Zogo and Jamie King didn't have like huge games or anything. I, I saw Joe throughout the game um, make plays, but he had three tackles and one tackle for loss. That's yeah, good. Pass deflection. Jamie, yeah, Jamie King, Jamie King also had one tackle for loss. So those guys we know are going to be solid, but the inside linebackers were just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, and That's, a few times too, the the defensive line had to make up for what the linebackers couldn't do. I mean, there was a couple times where you know ACU's running back would make it through a hole, and then I was like, "Well, he's gone." And then you know, I remember specifically Bryce English, yeah, tripping him up, and I was like, "Thank, thank God," yeah, because were, that would have looked bad. Exactly. There were some times where it was like, "All right, well, shoot," and then the secondary or, or something would have to come in and yeah. clean it up. It was just whatnot. like nobody, nobody was there. It yeah. almost seemed like. Yeah, I'm gonna have to again. I think I feel like this is the game that we have to look look back on because it's so much was going on in terms of the defense, so much change and so much turnover. Like, and then even when you look at the offense, I mean, they had offensive linemen rotating in and out. They uh, they had running backs rotating in and out. Um, I'm concerned that the top two tacklers were Nick Harvey, Cam Johnson. I mean, and Katie Davis, Katie Davis, and Cam Johnson both had six tackles. Um. We know that Abilene Christian was a run-heavy team, so or at least a run-first team. Yeah. And so I wasn't surprised the boat, the box was loaded. Kyrie Muhammad came down time after time um, to help out with the run, leaving often the the corners in the back end in man in one-on-one coverage. You know, not a lot of safety help. But you're going against Abilene Christian, so that the the expectation in a Troy Ref defense is for your man-to-man defense to be good enough to. Keep them in front of you, you know, not let anything crazy happen and make and break up passes when you can. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton of that. And they had to make a lot of tackles because they were giving up a lot of passes. Um, they were giving up a lot of short routes, you know, screens, whatnot. That, and Abilene Christian was able to break some of those. And they also broke a couple on the ground, too. And so as a defense, I think that's probably the most concerning thing. But. I don't want to overreact because to start the game they went up 31-0 and Abilene Christian couldn't do anything. Yeah. And they were talk and you came up and asked me do you think they're going to score a touchdown? I don't know if you were talking about this half or this game, but I was like I mean this I think game. they scored. I, I I was asking if they were going to score it all the game. Yeah, and I was like <laughs> I was like I thought about it for a second because the defense looked so good yeah. to start the game. And so um I said yes, they would score, but it was it wasn't like a overwhelming yes after the first 16 16 minutes or so of the game so that was the biggest takeaway for me um what did did you see the same thing from the defense i mean being on the field it's a lot harder to kind of see who's responsible for what but the thing i did notice like i said linebackers almost had i feel like no impact Mm -hmm. i mean i saw a tyreek you know when when you said they load the box or he tried to you know shed a block he was just incapable of getting around anybody i didn't really see too much of katie but tyreek davis i just noticed that i mean they were fast laterally yeah. i mean they were able to get to guys but like, they just i feel like they just don't have it 
they're not used to playing that, or Tyreek especially isn't used to playing that position. And I, and I felt like I, I noticed that where he'd make a bad read and then it'd be a pass or he'd make, he'd think it's a pass and then not be there for whenever the guy broke the hole and then the line would have to make up for it. Yeah. And when you're playing a game where your defensive line is better than the opposing offensive line, obviously you have some room for, you kind of have a cushion because, right. you know, Ladarius was able to get off blocks. Dion was able to get off blocks. I was pretty impressed with the, the defensive line. I thought they had a, Solid game, even, yeah. Even though there were only two sacks in the whole, yeah. But game. I mean, Ladarius had a few quarterback hits, and they they were yeah rushing him. Ladarius well. was there. Um, I was happy with him. Um, but so that I mean, that's the linebackers. I don't I don't want to berate them too much because it's game one. It's we got to see what they do. But we're talking from a physical aspect. I want, I'm interested to see how they are able to overcome only being five ten. 5'11", not having this extreme length and size and strength and how they're able to use their speed to compensate for that. That was always the question coming in. And now that we're a game in, it's still a question. So, Do you think they try to utilize them more as pass coverage uh, linebackers instead of what they've been doing, which is using them to stop the run? So my whole thing is... See, okay, I'll answer your question... I think that they're always going to try... Okay, I'm going to rephrase your question. Because you asked if they're going to try to stop the run and, or they're going to try to cover like are they the gonna try to Instead of trying to make teams pass like they did last season, are they going to try to make teams run instead? I hope not. Because I feel like they're a better pass coverage team than run-stopping team. Wouldn't we say that? I, 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 mean, guess, I don't at, think I'm wording my question correctly. Probably not. But, um... Okay, here's the thing. These two guys, Tyreek Davis and Katie Davis, are fast guys. Right. They're not small, but they're not as big as EJ and Brandon, right. who were asked to do a ton for this defense. They're not linebacker year. size. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. I would just say that they're not like NFL linebacker size. EJ G is in the NFL pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like that's he, fair. Like he's, he is, he's, a, he's a big he's guy. In camp. He's, how tall was EJ? 6'2"? Yeah. Some, somewhere around there? Um, I mean, you look at him, and even though Brandon Gardner wasn't like super tall or anything, he was still thick. Like, he, yeah, he had some muscle to him, and and he was experienced. He was a senior. He's been, he'd been in the system for a long time, and so when you get Tyreek Davis in there, and to no matter how many practices you go through, it is different than a game. No matter who you're playing against, and not only that, but he's only been at the position for ten months, somewhere yeah. around there, eight months. Let's and that's giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying he started right as the season ended. Um, so no matter how much, how many practices you go through, the first game is going to be different. So, um, I thought that was the biggest thing from them is that mm-hmm. they're going to have to get adjusted real quickly and they're going to have to learn really, really quickly how to get off blocks quicker, how to see the holes better and how to attack the holes differently than guys like EJ and Brandon did. Because I feel like Brandon and EJ just were like, all right, a run's coming right here. I don't care if there's a blocker in front of me. I'll push that blocker into the running back or I'll get around the the linemen or something along those lines to get to mm-hmm. the play. These guys, I feel like, have to be more creative in that sense. And they have the speed to do that, but it's about making that happen. And I don't know. They don't have a lot of time to figure that out. Yeah, next week. Yeah, you play SMU <laughs> next week. And they have a good running back in Jones. And they have playmakers on the outside that did work against Arkansas State. Who And Arkansas State is a good Sunbelt team. So... They didn't play an FCS school week one SMU. They played yeah. a good, they played an actual team, so they're going to be prepared. They're going to come out and play. And if these if these inside linebackers don't at least at the very least make their presence felt in a way that I as a as a viewer notice them, 
then I'm going to be concerned. And I think at that point, then we have real reason for concern because the schedule does not get any easier after next week. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, let's make it happen right now. <laughs> um, let's go to the secondary real quick. Uh, I kind of touched on it. Kyrie and Taylor, I feel like, had solid games. Yeah, I a lot think of they times were fine. They were coming down to, to stop the run more times than not. Uh, there wasn't too much. I mean, they balanced it, you know, whether it was dropping and in coverage and helping the run, especially later in the game when Evelyn Christian had to pass more. Uh, but they were fine in the run game. In the sec, in the uh, at the cornerback spots, Cam Johnson and Nick Harvey uh, got a lot of those um, snaps. I felt like Evelyn Christian wasn't trying to do too much with the pass game as far as down the field, but they did beat Nick Harvey on one of those. Uh, I want to say it was a post route or something. Along yeah, it was those a lines. post. Um, and it was caught on the right side of the field and Nick Harvey gave up. I mean, it was probably like a 30, 30, 40 yard pass. What was that a touchdown? Was, which one? During the, the game it was a touchdown when he gave up. He, he, Nick Harvey went out to curl, to curl mm-hmm. out and he ran a post route and then he lost him mm-hmm. and then he, he tackled him in the end zone. I think that was when I was, uh, yeah, walking. you, you had gone down. I was, I, I yeah. had gone down. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, I need to rewatch this game. So this is kind of our first, uh, first takeaways, but so you look at Nick and we're like, all right, I'll ask you this question right off the rip. Does Nick Harvey start game two? Yes. Why is that? Just, I feel like he has to, in a sense. He has to, he, one, he has to play his way out of this, I think. Like, if you bench him, like, say, say you put Quinlan Whitlock in. Yeah. I wouldn't, you wouldn't say Nick would probably play a whole lot next game if that, if that was the case. Because you'd move Cam over to the number one, you'd play Quinn. What, Nick Harvey would get, what, like 20%, 30% of the snaps if yeah. you were to do that? Yeah. So I think, one, Nick has to play out of this. And two, I feel like Nick also had to make up for a lot of stuff that the linebackers couldn't do. So whenever they broke on the outside, when you know Tyreek couldn't get past whoever, couldn't yeah. shed the block, then Nick was responsible for having to tackle, you yeah. know, running back, running out on a uh, pitch. I do agree with that, yeah. So he, I feel like he did he did well in, in a lot of things, but he did bad where it mattered in terms of the score. Uh, yeah, in the score in terms of, being a coverage yeah player, yeah i guess because i mean he did have 14 tackles and not all of those are obviously his man catching the ball like a lot of a lot of those are like you said outside runs a lot of those are him coming in to stack the box when there's no receiver on his side or anything like that uh i just i mean i'm just i have to see it i have to see him yeah make plays and he's gonna get tested like crazy next week um I'm so you assuming, think he starts i think he starts yeah. i think cam johnson will take uh prochet uh, well, this is kind of leading into SMU, which we'll get into in, in a bit. But Pro Se, and then the SMU has the other guy, uh, Robertson, Robertson. Yeah. Uh, who had 100 and, what'd you say, 160? It was 160 something. 160 something yards last week against Arkansas State, who again is a good team. These guys are going to get tested. Shane Bouchelle threw 50 times last week. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pick it up. Kyrie Muhammad and Taylor Robinson are going to be a lot a lot more in coverage next week than they were this week. Yeah, which is going to open up the run Which game. is going to open up the run. And there's just a lot that I need to see from this defense moving forward. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the cornerback position, inside linebackers. Again, I think the defense line was fine. I think the pass rush was okay, even though they only had two sacks. Um, but there's just, there's just things I, I want to see from this defense moving forward. And I think we will see an improvement in week two against SMU, but I don't... Do you, do you, is what you saw last night from the defense what you expected, or is it did it underwhelm you? It underwhelmed me, which okay. is crazy because, like I said... In the, yeah, we had low expectations kind of coming into it. 
I didn't. I mean, we didn't think they were going to be what they were last year. At least I, I, I didn't. didn't think they were going to give up 31 points to Evelyn Christian. Yeah, I didn't and think And I don't so care either. who you have in the game. Your second stringers should not give up 14 points. Right, and the second stringers weren't even out there for longer exactly. than the quarter, the fourth quarter. Not, And they didn't even come in until like seven or yeah. eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Exactly. They did, They had. They were rotating guys out, but you still had Nick Harvey, Cam Johnson, and then you still had the line. They basically were just rotating out linebackers and uh the ends. Yeah, exactly. And those that's what they're going to do anyways. I mean, the de- the defense line is going to rotate. So let's get to the offense. Um on the ground, DeAndre Torrey led led North Texas with 11 carries for for 95 yards. He did leave the game though. You were on the field for that. Yeah, uh what, he had ice on his knee and was on crutches. Okay. I, I think, don't I didn't know anything outside of that. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. Um and that's me speaking as a guy who doesn't. Yeah, it's, it was probably just precautionary, and that's why Lauren came in. Yeah, we're assuming. Uh, and Lauren got a lot of the backup quarterback snaps. Uh, Nick Smith had... I'm sorry, did I say quarterback? <laughs> Lauren easily got a lot of the backup running back snaps. Uh, he ended up with nine carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Good for Lauren to get that, that touchdown after being hurt for so long and having to recover from that ACL injury. Yeah. Um, Nick Smith came in, got six carries for 29 yards. Mason Fine, six carries for... 16 yards absolutely terrifying all of all of those 16 yards were terrifying i just don't understand how everybody everybody in the stadium everybody in the press box every time mason runs is is holding their breath like yes and it's 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 <clears throat> i don't even know if it's because we think he's going to get injured i mean because be. we think yes, he, that he's that he's why. prone to injury but it's yes. just like he, without him, this team is not going to win a game, I feel like. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, Especially Mason, with how good he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so Mason Fine, again, he took off running a, a good amount of times. I, I, one of those is a sack, though. The six carries. One yeah. of those is a sack because he got sacked once. Um, especially in the fourth quarter when they had a designed run for him. And so anyways, like I was saying, everybody in the press box is holding their breath. And then I feel like the only people that, who aren't holding their breath are Seth Luttrell... And Bodie Reader and yeah, they're just like oh the coaches. yeah. Well, even at the end of the half, when they had him, uh, it was a QB draw, design run. That was that was in the fourth quarter. I thought no, it was at the end of the half. Uh, he just ran in the fourth. You know, he just ran. Oh, it he just ran. Design. Okay, he just scrambled. Well, he just ran, and then he got. He was kind of on the ground. He had to be helped up, and I was like, oh yeah. my! Yeah. I was like, put the brace back on, Mason. Stop running. <laughs> I was just like, please. I. I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't. Maybe he's. Maybe, and, maybe and, what's, he, and, like, what's, and what's weird to me is that Mason's, you know, mobile, but he's not as fast as he was his first year. Yeah. Because he's one, he's gotten up. bigger. Yeah. He's bulked up and he has been wearing a brace the last three years of his career. He so he's not had time to, you know, get that speed. Yeah. And it's not a priority for him. No. Yeah. It's so, not. so it's weird for them to be forcing stuff like that when I'd much rather have, I would much rather have Mason throw into double coverage every one of those runs. I agree. Every I agree. one of those runs thrown into double coverage. I agree. Especially the one where his helmet came off. That was the draw. His helmet yeah. came off and God, he was just in the hole in a scrum and I was very worried. Um Mason Fine running, I feel like is not gonna stop because they're gonna add more RPOs to this offense. Mason said after the game that Bodie's gonna run more RPOs than he did tonight. But an RPO just you could RPO can mean doesn't have to be Mason. No, 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 it doesn't have to be Mason. It, it's obviously handoff or handoff or a receiver, depending on what the coverage is, depending on what the defense gives you, depending on your numbers, really. Uh, so it's either you give it to the running back or you look for uh, Rico on a cross. A triple option RPO. 
Well, that's the thing. In an RPO, you you. No, can, you I know, I know, I know, I know what it is. But I'm saying it's it's it's. I feel like I'm just describing it to the listener. Okay, yeah. Because finish because you can I hand have, it off to the running back, or because there's three options. You can hand it to the running back. You can keep it as a quarterback and run. Because so the first the first option is a read option of sorts. So you're reading the defensive right. end. You're reading the the line, um, and after you make the decision that you're going to pass it, then you pull it out and you drop back to pass. But it's really quick, and also you go to the line kind of uh, with an option just in your mind right off the bat, depending on what the defense does. So uh, that's kind of the RPO basics. Um, I think that he's going to run probably But I, I just don't see how it adds some kind of dy- dynamic – Ness, I don't know why I just messed up that word. Yeah. I don't I don't know how it adds anything to what they're trying to do with an RPO because every time he he six rushes for 16 yards. We've never seen him have that breakaway speed ever. Yeah. yeah. So I don't see you'll get what 2 yards, 3 yards on on an RPO where Mason decides to run. Mm-hmm. Throw it throw the slant and double coverage. Yeah. It just it just makes way more sense to me not only for Mason's sake but just for the team in terms of how, gaining yards. Yeah. Uh, Mason ended the game 28-37 to 37 with four four touchdowns and one interception for 383 yards. He took one sack. Um, his top receiver was Jalen Darden, who had 10 receptions for 59 yards, no touchdowns. Rico Bussey had four receptions for 156 yards and one touchdown. And, oh, Colin's dog has a, has a, has a toy. Better, this is rough. You better fix it. This is rough. Uh, she she's not she, put, she, she's, she's not putting been, the toy down. She's been she's been grabbing my ankles this whole this whole how, time. How old is she, Colin? Twelve weeks. She's twelve weeks old. Razor sharp teeth. Yeah. So so for all you listeners out there, if you hear a squeak in the background, it's 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 Maya getting a hold of a squeaky toy, and she's going back for it. So we'll see how that goes. It's in my hamper. So we'll hopefully hopefully there she is. She's back. Anyways, she's we'll, we'll, let's let's just continue. I'll just okay. deal with this. All right. Good luck, Colin. <laughs> um, but anyways, like we were saying, um, uh, Rico Bussey, four receptions, 156 yards, uh, and one touchdown. Uh, Jason Pirtle, four receptions for 88 yards, three touchdowns. I think that was probably the the key to the game is the hot start they were able to get off to. Jason Pirtle, man, <laughs> talk about a guy that has gone from nothing to really making something as far as on this team goes. I mean, he didn't get any playing time the last two years. He worked his way up the last three years, I should say. He worked his way up. He's been Mason's friend this entire time, and now finally he has his chance to show. He made Jason Pirtle three touchdowns, four four receptions, 88 yards. I was happy for him. And the thing is, to start the game, Kelvin Smith was the game time decision, and Jason Pirtle stepped up. Do you, do you think it continues though? Like, do you see him getting another touchdown reception the rest of the season? Yes, because Caleb Kyla Powell had had a lot of snaps, and he was the second tight end uh, yesterday. So, Kelvin Smith and Jason Pirtle will get a lot of snaps, and I think that's the main thing we saw yesterday was there's a lot of changes to to this yeah. offense, and it starts with the tight ends, and we all knew that, and we. They they showed that more than anything that the tight ends are going to be involved. That's yeah. the main takeaway as far as tweaks to the offense goes. Um, 
Mike Law had three receptions. Nick Smith had, and DeAndre Torrey had two. Kyla Powell, like I said, had one for 12 yards. Jair Shorter only had one for 10 yards. I wrote about this in the 10 takeaways story that I did. We expected the tight ends to take away from the slot receivers. Yeah. Right? It looks like they took away from the opposite outside receivers. Which is interesting to me because anytime they took a tight end out, Mike Law would come in. Yes. So I feel like whenever Mike Law is out, it's just they're always going to the slot or the tight end. And yes. then when he's in, then that that's when they're like, okay, yeah, we can throw it outside. Yeah. Um, it's like, what, what did we see from the personnel for the most part? Two, like, I'm not going to say for the most part they had two tight ends, but a lot of times they had two tight ends, yep. a running back, a Rico Bussey, and then Jalen Darden or Mike Law yep. and or Jair Shorter. So it's kind of like you rotate them, and I think that's where the takeaway is coming. I asked Bodie, I, I remember talking about this on the pod, I asked Bodie if the inside receivers were going to take a step back with their emergence of tight ends. He said no, and I was confused. I was like, how does that work? And he basically just said everyone's going to get a piece of the pie. I was like, okay, sure. Now we know Jair Shorter and Greg White combining for one reception. I think that's the takeaway. Like that's yeah. that's the you're, – you're going to have to give something to get something. And I guess that's going to be the takeaway. But I think that works against bad defenses. But there's – Jair Shorter gives you an explosive play guy. He's the second yeah. most explosive guy on the team beside, behind Rico. And so I question when you go against better teams, are you going to be able to get away with only having one explosive guy, two tight ends, and Jalen Darden? Jalen Darden's obviously good with the ball in his hands, but he's not going to go. Yeah, he's not. Gonna, you're not. He's not going to break the break coverage. Yeah, he's not going to go take the top off the defense. So that's going to be interesting moving forward. I feel like that was kind of a personnel move to play to who they were going against. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, we didn't see a whole lot of uh, Jair Shorter or Greg White on the field. I feel like I only saw him a few times. I, I does does I don't know if that says how many snaps they had. No, it doesn't say how many snaps. But like like I like you said, it's 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 kind of exactly opposite of what we thought was going to happen. So yeah, Jalen Darden coming out with ten receptions. It's, yeah, and then Michael had three. You said yeah, Michael had three. three. Yeah, so that's so. thirteen between those two. Yeah, and then you go to the outside um, receiver position. I believe it's the the Y, or no, it's the Z the X Z. Rico is the X. The Z, um, Jair Shorter and Greg White only combining for one. I think that's the, that's that's very interesting, and I'm glad we got that settled. I'm glad we figured out where where the give is coming yeah, from. Yeah, where where the snaps are going. Um, but I think that's all I have for the offense. Uh, were you alarmed at all by the by the run game, even though they had a couple yes. big plays? Yes, because I mean, you look at the, the longs. DeAndre Torrey had a 54 yard run. Lauren Easley had a 23. Um, that's but you can't it. count on those. No, I agree, and I think that is more so a product of bad defense. I, yeah, that's exactly what it is, and I think, and I don't really know if this is an offensive line issue or if this is a running back issue, because I mean, I just feel like Tory wasn't as shifty as he normally is. Is that just me? I feel like it was, a, it was the offensive line. I think it was the offensive line, which is, I mean, I feel like he didn't have space. Yeah, I feel like DeAndre Tory needs. He space. didn't have a whole lot of space. Yeah, we we talked about it last year with. Um, going from Jeffrey Wilson to DeAndre Torrey slash Lauren Easley slash Nick Smith, good running backs like Jeffrey Wilson can make something out of nothing. And especially a guy of Jeffrey's size. So when I say running backs can make something out of nothing, they either do that by being Ezekiel Elliott and over, overpowering guys, Jeffrey Wilson overpowering guys, or they are too shifty, a la Le'Veon Bell or whoever right. you want to name. 
Um, and they can get around guys and get some extra yards before, you know, scampering out of bounds or going down. I don't see that in this running back group. I mean, I like this running back group, but DeAndre Torrey, Lauren Easley, and they're also still probably not 100% those two guys uh, because they've both been dealing with injuries. I question if they're able to get those extra two yards on a run play where the blocking might not be perfect and their yeah. the hole might not be there completely. But instead of getting one yard, you can get, fall forward or you can make a move and get three or four yards. That was, I'll never forget Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott's first year of the Cowboys. It was like, this guy never gets less than four yards on a carry. Like this guy just <laughs> always gets yeah. four yards, like at least. And that's the mark of a running back that can take you over the top. That's the mark of a great running back is being able to get those extra yards when it's seemingly not there. And I don't think these running backs are great enough to do that. And I th- feel like that's a take that will make people mad. Oscar Attaway. Oscar Attaway could could be the next great back. Who knows? But I feel like this year, as far as those three running backs go, yeah. I don't think it's even I don't think it's a hot take, but I think it might make some people angry. <laughs> Knowing yeah. that they don't have that Jeffrey Wilson running back, but you're not going to get a Jeffrey Wilson, Jamario Thomas, Patrick Cobb's running back, even though and Lance Dunbar, you're not going. Even though this school has had good running backs historically, I don't think these three guys match up to those guys. Yeah, they're very specific with what they can bring to the table. So like DeAndre Torrey, he's shifty, he's good in open space, he's basically a receiving back. He, yes, and and Some, Lauren yeah, Easley is more of a power back, whereas you had Jeff kind of had the best of both worlds. He had the best of every world. Yeah. He could pass block, receive, pat, run. He was great. Um, um, I think that... So, anyways, that's my that's my tangent on the running backs. I feel like the running backs are capable, but they need to be used in a specific way. I'm extremely happy for Lauren Easley to be able to make the plays he was able to make yesterday. Um, Nick Smith, I think, showed some positive signs. It's interesting. We didn't see Oscar Attaway. And... This goes back to what I was saying earlier that Oscar Attaway, before the season, I had expected Oscar Attaway to not redshirt because he was so good in spring. He's been so good in fall camp. Everyone talks really highly of him. But apparently him not getting the snaps in an FCS game, I feel like that kind of shows us that Oscar Attaway is expected to redshirt. I think, is that fair to say? I mean... Oscar Attaway not getting a carry in the FCS game? I don't think so. You don't think that, that means I don't think he's, so. he's going to redshirt? I don't think so. He can still play four games and redshirt, though. That's true. I think That's he redshirts. True. Now, this was, I mean, this is this is a game I feel like to play him in. But they have three running backs. They don't need Oscar Attaway. They have three just, running backs. They and don't they need have, him. They, I just want him, okay? Okay, yes, you do. <laughs> and they have three running backs. Then they have Trey Siggers, you know, Evan Johnson. You we have didn't see any dudes. Trey Siggers either, we which I, which I kind of thought was surprising as well. I did, too. Because, you know, like you said, we said this last week, we, we thought that he was going to kind of be more featured this year. Yeah. Because of everything that was... Uh, what, he was listed, what, third in the depth chart or second? Well, he was listed as tied for second. Tied for second, yeah. Lauren so, and, I don't know if that's because if he's nicked up or what, Nick. but... Yeah, uh, that's going to be the the interesting thing to watch is Oscar Attaway. I think we've covered... Oh, let's real quickly touch on special teams. Oh, wait, hold on. Go ahead. We didn't talk about the fourth and one. Oh, that's true. The fourth and one that the fourth and one, and they had a third. Everybody and, in the world had and, and a third and something. I Everyone's was, like, nothing has changed yeah. with this offense. Listen, I don't know what team you look at. They're always going to run on fourth and one. I was about to say this. No, uh, nobody 
in the it's just it's just statistics. You're more Probably. likely to run the ball for a yard than you are to. There's so many more variables when you pass the ball. Yeah. Mason could have gotten sacked. Mason, there could be a drop pass. Could be a bad pass. A lot, yeah, a lot of different things can happen. Whereas a run, it's more conservative. They were up by however much yeah. at the time. You're gonna run nine times out of ten unless you're trying to make something happen. The, and they were just—I feel like they were just practicing. Bodie, we saw so many different things in the offense, and everyone always points out that thing, and it's just—it's—it's it's infuriating, kind of. Yeah. Um, I think you're right that I because I I was watching college football yesterday a lot before the game, and obviously on Friday, and I was watching yeah, high school of football, course. and you know, if you, football has started, so we're watching football. Every time it is a third and one or a fourth and one, it is a run play at every level. Yeah, unless you're, tr- like I said, unless you're trying to make something happen. Unless if you don't trust your 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 uh, offensive line or you really think that it's going to be wide open if you just play action, throw it to the tight end. And that did happen on one occasion. Um, I don't remember who it was, but there was it was a short yard situation where they did a play action and they threw it out to a, a leaking... Um, leaking tight end or leaking fullback but that's gonna be i mean that's the expectation yeah the expectation is for you to okay as an offensive coordinator it's like we should be able to run for one yard so yeah that most 90 percent of fourth and ones and third and ones are going to be runs up the middle yeah and the difference between graham's fourth and ones and third and ones last season and Bodie's this year is that Graham tried it all season and it never worked and never made any changes. And I think that's where you can critique him at is that he never adapted to what the defense was doing or what was going wrong for them throughout the season. This is Bodie's first game. Yeah. So. And it was, to be fair, it was a run off the tackle. It was a run outside. It was like kind of a stretch-esque, uh, stretch type of run. So it wasn't up the middle. Um, you know, you give your guys a little bit more freedom. When yeah. You give them space on the outside. So... I mean, it was a little different in that, in that respect. Yeah, so but you I'm, have to try different things. It's not... Yeah. It, yeah. We'll see what works. Also, lastly of this offense, let's touch on the offensive line. They had a lot of shuffling. Um, they DeAndre Plant started at left tackle. Robert Parrish started at left guard in place of the injured Alex Woodworth. Um, I thought it was Thomas Preston. Thomas Preston, I'm sorry. Robert Parrish. So Robert Parrish ended up... Robert Parrish. Is that his name? I think so. Robert Parrish was... Is that his name? I know his last name is Parrish for Isn't sure. Is Robert Parrish the name of the basketball player? Robert Robert Parrish. Yeah, it's definitely not Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish is the Celtics' great basketball yeah, no, player. Yeah, that's why it sounds so familiar. I was like, I was like, it's probably not. Screw it. Anyways, Parrish. Parrish, Parrish. Yeah, there you go. Parrish came in at left tackle um, mm-hmm. on like the third drive of the game for DeAndre Plant, who came out. And then, then DeAndre Plant moved to like left guard and... They shuffled around like four possessions in a row, the offensive line, and I was just like, what is going on? Like, why why, why are we making all these changes so early in the game? Um, unless if there's an injury. And that was probably an alarming thing. That was an alarming thing to me. I think that the offensive line was fine. I don't think they were good. I don't think they were much better than they were last year. And as far as week one goes, I don't think they were Yeah, they weren't special. anything special. They, they didn't protect Mason great Mason got sacked against ACU yeah that that was depressing that that literally just tells you everything that was depressing uh I mean Mason was under pressure a couple times he had to escape uh the fumble didn't he have a fumble I don't remember uh the run game was like we said they did he didn't the running backs didn't have a ton of open space except for the the few big plays that they had which I credit as much to bad defense as I do to the offensive line yeah there's just 
they just didn't they didn't show me a lot week one and to be fair they were without Alex Woodworth and I feel like they were still trying things but I I feel like they should have a better showing so that's my off the line just your two cents two cents on the offensive line all right, we've covered. Oh, lastly, I want to talk about the special teams, Colin, because we don't talk about special teams. They made enough. every field goal and Ethan every Mooney, PAT, Ethan and none Mooney of them were off. All, they were all down the middle. Ethan Mooney made all three of his field goals, even though they were 29 yarder, 21 yarder, and 29. That's okay. Yarder. I've seen those miss before, so it's fine. Yes, we have. Um, Alvin Kenworthy did kickoffs, did eight of the 10 kickoffs. I thought Zach Williams had. Zach Williams had two. Two, okay. Um, Deion Hare Griffin. Oh, Alvin Kenworthy also two punts, seventy-four yards, not bad. Both of them inside the twenty, and on kickoff return, Dion Hare Griffin, the man. Is he is he going to be the what? What's the guy for the Bears? Devin Hester. Devin, yeah. Is he is he well, North he Texas is Bears Devin Hester? Well, yeah, he's retired. Yes, I get it. But I, you know, you knew who I was talking. He's about. like going to be the Tyreek Hill. The Tyreek Hill minus the the uh, crimes. That was a bad comparison. That was a bad comparison. Okay, well, name another one then. Hester. We're going. We're going. Devin Hester. You have to because he's he's good and not have crimes. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) all right. Well, I mean, he's looking like the Devin Hester. I mean, because he also plays receiver. He also gets a lot of. uh, He got a lot. I got a good amount of snaps in there for Rico Bussy. He was actually the target on Mason's only interception, which kind of sucked. But yeah, it was an interesting choice by Mason to throw that up to him. But yeah, especially since Dion's like five. 10, 5, 11, yeah. and the other guy was able to like literally jump over Dion. Yeah, it was, it was a good it was, throw. It just didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was not great. But Dion had a return of uh, sixty-one yards to start the game, and then he housed a ninety-five-yard uh, touchdown to uh, to kind of break the game open and put them up thirty-eight to seven before half. I think if Dion, I'm glad Dion Hare Griffin is able to do this because I don't want to see DeAndre Torrey back there do it. I don't, don't want, want to see Nick Harvey back there. I don't want to see Jalen Darden back there. I want to see Dion Hare Griffin. I want to see a backup yeah. receiver that's explosive, that has speed, that has vision. Agility. Yeah, has all this. He's experienced. He's a retro junior. Why not? I love yeah. it. And I, and I feel like it wasn't a bad... ACU wasn't the reason I feel like Dion had those breakaways. I mean, he was just moving around Yeah, a lot more. He was going fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our special teams, uh, blurb, blurb, blurb. Are you ready to talk about SMU? I am ready. SM who? Hold on. <laughs> First, actually, <laughs> before we do that, give me in a short sentence, your main takeaway from the North Texas offense. From the offense? In, in, in against Abilene Christian. What's your main takeaway? It looked what, fine. It looked fine? Yep. Complete pun intended? Not pun intended. It's fine. When you say fine with a pun, it means it was great. If you say fine without a pun, it just means it was fine. Okay. So without a pun. It, yeah. All right, fine. About- it was fine without a pun. Okay. What's uh, What about the defense? I'm worried. Those are my two sentences. Damn. A total of six two words. Sentences. Six words. Oh, you're t- yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I concur. I concur for the most part. It's pretty good. Um, all right. Let's talk about SMU now. SMU defeated... Arkansas State, thirty-seven to thirty, on the road. That's hope. Fair. That's hope. To be fair, um, I talked to the twenty-four-seven guy from SMU on the way over here, real quick, just to get a feel. For Shout how, out his name. How they did, Billy and Body. Um, he'll be well. We'll be doing some collaborations with them throughout this week, so big things coming. Check that out on Green twenty-four-seven. Um, and he was kind of like, you know, they they held on. You know, it was it was cool. You felt like it was a. 
they controlled more of the game than what uh, the score showed because they were up 37 to 23 in the fourth quarter. So they were up two touchdowns and then Arkansas State tacked on another one. I um, I do think that it's a good sign for North Texas fans. Very great sign considering that this game was iffy. But here's the thing. SMU had eight transfers, I believe. Eight of the transfers that they got because we know they got like 15 or 16 of them, which is crazy. Eight of them actually played significant roles. I believe it was two corners. They had the linebacker from Auburn. He played a good amount. Uh, a defensive tackle. Um, oh, a guard on offense. Shane Bouchelle, quarterback, and then uh, probably a receiver or something like that. I don't remember. But they're all getting their feet wet. You know, It's kind of like North Texas in a way that they had a lot of turnover, except these guys are kind of really experienced. So yeah. I'm more, I feel like they are going to be able to – they're going to be much better than they were this past week. And I feel North Texas is going to be better – it's just a matter of who who is significantly better going into week two. I feel like we're gonna have a flashback of Mason's sophomore year where he had to win games single handedly this season. You mean just in general? Just in general. I just feel that because eight. I feel like the defense should have not gave up thirty one points. Yes. So I feel like this SMU game, although SMU I think is not nearly as good as North Texas is on paper in terms of just their offensive weapons. So I no 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 that that's an that's hyperbole definitely not that's hyperbole I'd that's much hyperbole. rather have Mason Fine okay, over Sh- Mason Fine is better than Shane Bouchel. Okay, Rico is better than Prochet. No, that's a coin flip. That's no coin way, flip. that's a coin flip. James Prochet is an elite receiver, and they, they play different roles because Prochet is a little shorter and whatnot. But Prochet is that's a that's a coin flip, and then you then you throw in the um, Robertson guy. That they had on the outside that had 180 yards. I don't even know that's, who he is. That's second. Yeah, that's don't... second. So let's compare Robertson and Prochet to Bussy and Darden. That's what we're comparing, right? Yeah, Prochet had not 100 yards. <laughs> we're not looking at their only. I'm looking at straight talent. I think that that. I think that's even. Yeah. That receiving corps is even, and you could, but you can go down the line and say, you know, Mike Law, Kelvin Smith are probably. They, the receiving corpse as a whole of North Texas is probably better than SMU's, but I mean top top two, I think it's a push. Um, offensive line, we weren't impressed with North Texas, but I don't know how impressive SMU was because we only looked at you know clips here and there. Yeah. Um, running back, I think it's close. Xavier Jones for SMU against uh, DeAndre Torrey and all them. I would probably take SMU's running back. Or at the very least, it's a push. So we're pushing receiver. We're pushing top in the top receiver and running back and offensive line, and Mason's the better quarterback. So by a lot, you're yeah, okay. Mason is the better quarterback. We'll we'll say that. So so I just wanted to, to scale back on your hyperbole. There. Thank you, thank you for bringing me back you home. Gotta, you gotta you gotta you gotta some self control, Colin. I can't be doing this the whole time. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throw out your hyperboles, and I have to bring them back in to real life. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, anyways, what were you saying? I was saying I feel like Mason's gonna have to single-handedly win games, and I feel like that's gonna be this case against SMU against every team they play this year. I agree. I think. And I don't think it's gonna be to the extent. I don't think it's gonna be like, oh yeah, Mason's gonna put the game away. I think it's gonna be Mason has to win the game for them. I think it's there's gonna be lots of close games this season against every team that they play. No matter the talent level. And I don't think it's going to be because of the offense. Do we think there's a chance they hold SMU to under 35 points? No. <laughs> that was that, that was a really hot take. 
No, it's not. It's not a hot take. Isn't it's not it? A hot take. Kind of. Apple Christian scored thirty-one. Yeah, but Arkansas State scored thirty on SMU. Like these these defenses are not going to stop each other. Or these night defenses are not going to stop the opposing offense. I feel like I feel like we're talking at least forty points each from each team. No, wow. no way. God, that's crazy. I know. That's why I was thinking about 35 it. 35 each from four, from both teams. They're, each team's going to score at least 35. And I'll be really excited because the last two years, SMU blew out North Texas two years ago. North Texas blew out SMU last year. We're not going to talk about anything before that because SMU's historically had the advantage, especially in Dallas. But I feel like this is the opportunity for these teams to play a good game, to play, to play a competitive game that means a lot. With talent on both ends, good coaches. Like, this is probably the closest these two teams will be. And I said, but the thing is, we kind of, we said that last year. We said SMU and UNT were close talent-wise last year, and, SMU, and North Texas came out blew them out of the water. To be fair, I, think, I do think that talent-wise last year they were close. I just think North Texas coming out hungry at home, first game of the year, put it on that... Um, SMU team with the new head coach and new players and Ben Hicks at quarterback and SMU crumbled. This year they're not going to crumble. Even if North Texas comes out and punches them in the face and goes up 14-0, SMU is going to play. SMU is going to have a lot more experience, has a lot more talent, has a lot of transfers that are hungry to prove themselves, including Shane Bouchelle, including corners, including the Auburn linebacker. They have guys that are like, no, we're not going to roll over. And so... That's gonna be that's gonna be the biggest thing for me is to see how both teams react to the adversity yeah. that they're gonna be shown because I think that's a game. This is a game that's gonna be really close in my opinion. I think it's gonna be decided by less than t- ten points, which I don't know if that's a hot take, but you know, I yeah. think it's gonna be close. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm just looking at these stats right here, and <laughs> Shane Buchel had a had a punt. <laughs> punt oh, you punted. Punted for 36 yards. Good for him. What a uh, guy! Do you want to do you want to read off the yeah? The, so the um, from... I'm not impressed by them at all. Bruni seems to think that they're still amazing. You, you think Shane? You think James Prochet is not a good receiver? No, I don't think he's not wow. a good receiver. I think Shane is very overrated. Look, thirty for forty nine. First of all, you threw they threw fifty times in a game, and they still carried the ball forty five times. Yeah, apparently they had a lot of plays. Yeah, ninety five plays is a lot. That is a lot. Like that's like for three hundred sixty yards. So he had his ad, uh, average seven point three yards per attempt. That's not good. He had no touchdowns and he had one interception and a fumble. All good for a QBR of fifty eight. He completed over sixty percent of his passes. Okay. How many interceptions? One. You can complete over sixty percent of your passes if you're throwing him with inside three yards. He only I, that's averaged, not what that means. He only averaged seven point three yards per attempt. But that's not what that. No, no, no. Because you're dividing attempts. You're dividing total yards by attempts. Yes, which is how think, you're supposed to do that. No, because that's not. That doesn't mean he's attempting seven yards per pass. That means that, that means, means every that single means pass every that he's attempted, and as an average, average it's seven point three yards. Eight, yes, seven seven point three yards. But what about the ones that aren't completed? That's like, what I'm saying. Th- those could be 20-yard pass, pass attempts. Right, and they could be bad passes. Yes, but um, that's what I'm saying. You can't say he's every time he's throwing it, it's an average of seven yards because the 20-yard passes don't count or the 40-yard passes... That is that the are, way that, that I've always seen it marked well, down. That's, that's not right. You should do yards per completion, which is 11 Never seen it done that way. 12. And it's the same as Mason's. Yards per completion is the same as Mason. 
You want me to, you want me to hit you with Mason's? The yards per yards completion per attempt? is the same. Yards per attempt, you're not doing this right. It's what ESPN does. It's but what do you understand what does. I'm saying? You're I understand what you're saying. To, you're dividing the saying, completed yards by the attempted passes. Yes. How does that make sense? How does it not? Completed yards. So when the, pa- the pass is completed. Okay, here's an example. If I throw a pass for two yards... And he gets tackled. And, and you threw the ball eight and times throw, and you, and you no, miss no, no, it eight times? Let me, let me finish my comparison. And then I throw the ball 50 yards and it's incomplete. You're saying on my my two passes, I've completed one pass for two yards. Your average is one yard. My average is one yard per attempt. Yes. You're not taking into account the 50-yard bomb. I think. That See, probably but, wasn't going to make it anyways. Okay, well, I'm just saying you can't say that they were all checkdowns because you don't know how long the incompletions were. Right, but I'm saying the ones that it looks like he completed. I'm saying, look, Mason averaged ten point, yard by completion. Mason averaged ten point four yards per attempt last night. Because he, oh my god, it's I don't understand. Completion is the only thing that matters to me. But I don't know why it's not tracked like that anywhere. Yards per attempt doesn't 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 doesn't. That's basically all. All yards per completion is, or yards per attempt is, is a, a different way of showing efficiency. It doesn't show me how far they're throwing. The right, ball. and my argument is efficiency, not how far they're you throwing. You said that they're throwing the ball for like. I'm six saying, yards. I'm saying he can he can throw for sixty percent if he's throwing checkdowns. Yes, and we don't know that he's throwing. Right, I know, but I'm saying just because he completed sixty percent of his passes doesn't mean anything. Mason completed seventy five point seven percent of his passes. Yeah, against the worst team. Okay, he averaged last year. Sixty five percent. Yes, Mason Fine is a great quarterback. Right, Mason Fine is better than Shane Bouchard. I know. My point is that I think Shane Bouchelle is overrated and we're overrating. I All think, right, is Shane Bouchelle worse than Ben Hicks? I think they're probably on the same you're level. You're absolutely crazy. You're no, not at you're all. Extremely wrong. Not at all. All right, let's go watch. Let's uh, let's let's watch the let's watch the Arkansas State game. I'm going to find it. I don't know what it was on. I'm going to find it, and we will see because there's you're you're absolutely wrong saying that he's as good as Ben Hicks. Ben he, Hicks at SMU. Okay. Well, you're gonna give me his yards per attempt, Colin? No, I'm not giving you his yards per attempt, which was bad, by the way. Probably considering he just chunked the ball everywhere. Yeah, six point nine yards. Um, <laughs> but he averaged fifty-seven percent completion. Yeah, and Shane Bouchot was at sixty-one or sixty-two percent on his first game. We got on a really bad sidetrack there. Yeah, Anyways. please skip over this, and if you really want to. <laughs> It's too late. They've already listened to it. Already listened to it. Just tell them. Uh, but anyways, I think offensively, I think these teams are even. Mason is uh, the obvious um, exception to that because I think Mason is the uh, quarterback that is a top 10 quarterback in the country. And he did show that week one, barring the run game. His yeah. Run, his run game. Yeah. Uh, scary. <laughs> um, but And then defensively, I think you – Look at SMU, who has guys at corner, linebacker, defensive line that are all grad or not graduate transfer, but but transfers uh, in different capacities. And you look at them, and you're like, okay, this team, neither team has a ton of like, I don't use the word continuity, but neither team has a lot of experience with each other on the field, starting with each other. The offense does on, on North defense. Texas. I'm talking about defense. Defense oh. defense only for both teams. Yeah. Either defense has a lot of experience starting with each other. Both teams had probably only five returning starters. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I don't know the exact number for SMU because they had a lot of transfers. But I'm just saying that 
we're going to see who improves the most from week one to week two because both teams had alarms. Both teams have alarming had alarming showings in one way or another on the defensive side of the ball. So that's what I'm uh, most curious about. Uh, we're at the 55-minute mark, Colin. Uh, any other expectations for for the SMU game? Or are you still looking up uh, Shane Bouchot's number? <laughs> You, I, I think he's just defending him because he, he used to be a UT quarterback. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to that Shane every Michelle single time. Not even, wasn't he even threw for 21 touchdowns his first year. Yes, Yay. 21 touchdowns in how many games? 12. I, I it bad. doesn't say actually. They were bad. Anyways, they were bad as a team. Uh, regardless, Colin, is it time for predictions? I think so. See, that's the thing about doing these Sunday podcasts is you don't even we don't even have time to like really get process into it. yeah we just got off of like we're 12 hours removed from abilene christian and now we're just but it gives for the hot takes you know yeah the wrong takes listen all right colin, their give takes us, give us your prediction colin like you want my score prediction we're not yes. we're not predicting any other over-unders or anything like that no we'll do that in an article probably okay well gotta get some content score prediction let me look the line real quick i doubt it's up um there's no way it's up sports line won't have it smu's favored by three and a half that's not true. According to what? ESPN. I don't listen to ESPN. Oh. But I'll run with it. Okay. They also have a 70% chance to win according to their BPI. See, that doesn't make any sense. That uh, doesn't make any sense to me either. Okay, whatever. Let's roll three and a half then. Okay, three and a half. This Nor- will definitely change over the next four days. Yeah, for sure. Um, but North Texas wins by three. <laughs> so they don't cover again. They don't cover. And... What's the score? Man, I'm really trying to... I don't know if this is going to be just an, an onslaught or if this is going to be like defenses aren't going to be a, at all a factor. Because I feel like it, this game could be easily be like a 27-30 game. But I also feel like it could be like almost 50-50. <laughs> it takes a lot. I will say that it takes a lot for a game to be 49-42 or 49-45. Yeah. Like it takes a lot to like, break right. Like, you like have- the defenses can't do anything right really like there can't right. be there can't be and I, and I feel like i can't i don't see that happening but then again why wouldn't it based on what we've seen well we said the same thing about abilene christian we said why wouldn't north texas beat him by 30 by 40 that's a fair point and the, all right then i'll go i'll go for happens. the higher score so i'll go yeah, sure. i guess i'll go 51 48 48 yep man that's ridiculous isn't it that's 99 points that's a lot a lot of points, Colin. That's a lot of points. All right. Um, I'm gonna roll with North Texas. Are you gonna go for the higher score or the the score? Where... The thing is, like, do you think I'm gonna go a reasonable score? So I think in order for North Texas to win this game, they can't settle for a lot of field goals like they no. did. They and so I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they kick one field goal and they. Whether they make it or not is is in the air, but I think they only kick one field goal this game. Do you think they go for it more on fourth? And, and that's assuming they're going to win. So in order for them to win, no, no, I think they just execute. In order for them to win, they're going to have to execute and not fall behind the chains, not have to not take a lot of sacks, not you know the run game is going to have to be efficient enough to where they're in second and five, second and six, and third and two, yeah. third and three. You're going to have to be in manageable situations. So. And also, when you're in a third and two, third and three, you can be more open and you can go for it on fourth down. So I'm not saying they're going to go for it five five times on fourth downs. Yeah. I'm just saying, even though they went for it twice, 
two two or three times against Abilene Christian. Um, I'm saying they'll, they'll probably go for it two or three times, but I think they only t- attempt like one field goal. So make of that what you will. But I think that's the key for them to win is stay ahead of the chains, you know, all that cliche stuff. You don't want to fall behind. Um, the chains, that is. <laughs> you don't want to um, the chains, that is. Yeah. I, I really hope this is a good game. So I don't. T- I want Mason to blow him out. Okay, well, yes. Theoretically, we want... Yes, that would be great. That would be great. Because you that, need Mason... They kept Mason in so long last game because they wanted him to get more stats. Is that true? I think so. Because, I, think, I think it was because it was a 3 score game. I, I think the game was... But yeah, but the game was put away. But the defense couldn't stop anybody. But they they had... What was the time of possession for North Texas? This is going to make me get the book back out. Yeah, I am. The time of possession for North Texas... Was there's no way I'm gonna find this coin. It's, I think it's on my sheet actually. I have it. Okay. I have it. I have it. Thirty-two and a half minutes for North Texas, so only two and a half, or I mean, five minutes extra longer than than them than the Apple and Christian, which is substantial, but it's not not crazy. Hmm. Like I'm just saying, they kept him in because it was a three-score game, and defense was not. Yeah, defense was kind of got awful. So that's my thing. Uh, anyways, what was I? I didn't get to predict my score. You cut me off. Wow. Obviously, we want North Texas to blow them out because we cover North Texas, and that makes for you know better content. But I think this is gonna be a close game. I hope it's a close game. I hope it's fun because I want a fun game, and I think a lot of points are gonna be scored. So I'm gonna roll 42, 38 North Texas. So I'm gonna, I'm I'm going up by ten again <laughs> on you. Almost, Almost, basically. Yeah. Basically, I'm rolling 42-38, North Texas. Um, oh, also, we're going to... So, I have them covering the spread. Remember, we're going to do the pick them? Oh, yeah. Remember that? So, you have North Texas not covering. And this can be different from your prediction, in a way. Because I, cause if you have them winning by three, and the line's three and a half, like, theoretically, you could see them losing by four, or winning by four. Uh, or more. So what's more likely, Colin? Are they going to cover the three and a half point spread or not? And we both were wrong last week, by the way, that saying that they were going to. Yeah, they were going to cover. cover. Yeah. So. Um. I guess. Oh, so how many points do do you have? Remember, we were doing the point system. We said we said we guaranteed it, so we, we're both negative one. Yeah, we both guaranteed. It. <laughs> we're both negative one. Okay. Man, that's tough. I guess if they win, I think it'll be. Well, Colin, we're not guessing if they're winning or losing. Are you? Are they covering the three and a half point spread? In fact, in fact, they can lose. They can lose. I'm sorry. Yeah, SMU is a three and a half point favorite, right? Yes. So, and North Texas can lose by three. Or win. You know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're saying. SMU yeah. can win by three, two, or one, or North Texas can win and North, they'll cover. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I was getting confused about that. Sorry. Uh, then yeah, no, they, yeah, they cover. I guarantee it. They're winning. They have to. You're guaranteeing them win by. Okay, you're guaranteeing them to cover the three and a half. I'm guaranteeing them to win. Yes. I need to. I need to make up for my lost point. Are you taking the safe route? Yeah, I'm gonna take them to cover, but I'm not guaranteeing it. And also, I worded that wrong initially when you predicted 51-48. I said that you picked them. To not cover, but SMU was the favorite, not North Texas. So. Yeah, that's why I was really confused. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that to all our fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, real quickly, let's roll through the questions we have. Oh, yeah, I like these. Where's my phone? I don't know. Here it is. Prepared. I was... <laughs> hashtag prepared. Also, thank you to everybody that interacted with us, that gave us um, a lot of good... Uh, feedback. Feedback gave us a lot of retweets and favorites yeah. and and promoted us. Yeah, and, that tells us we're doing a good job. Yeah, so. it really does. It really helps us out. All right. I believe we have like five questions here. It's big. Let's get to Six? 10 next week. Let's get to 10 next okay. week. Sure. Anyways. Got to set goals. For the season. This is from David Mudry. We're going to try to only spend about a minute on these questions. Yeah. Okay, Colin? Because Rapid fire. I have a fantasy draft to do in a few a few, uh, few minutes. A few minutes. An hour or so. Whatever. Uh, for the season. Again, this is David Mudry. Uh, for the season, will this defense give up more or less than 35.5 points per game? Um, in the Oh, then the... Okay, I'm sorry. Let me reread this. I'm an idiot. For the season, will this defense give up more or less than the 35.5 points per game average the 2017 of the 2017 defense? More. I'm going to start the timer so we don't go over it. I think it's going to be more because yesterday they scored 31. So until they do something else, the defense does something else that shows me that they're going to get under... It's going to be either over or just barely under 35 points a well, game. Well, you have to pick one, Colin. I don't want to hear I'm going to go over. All right. Um, I think it's going to be under because I think that they're going to have enough games like UTEP and Rice where they're going to be able to pull them to like 20. Would you say Rice and UTEP is worse than ACU? No, but they're going to – but it's game one, and I think they'll be locked in. Conference game, it's it's different. It's different. Okay. All right. Um, second question. Thank you, David, for your question. Second, North Texas Sports Network asks, uh, Reader is obviously different from Harold. Do you think running with Mason is a good idea? Also, running the ball more. So, I guess, do you think it's a good idea to run Mason? And do you think it's a good idea to run the ball more? I feel like the only time Mason should run is whenever he's in the pocket and it's collapsing and he sees space. Yes. I'd much rather have him get sacked than run. What if he can, like, run out of bounds? Okay, but you know what I mean. Yes, like, I if he ran like he did yesterday... Sack him every time, yeah, just or just fall down like Peyton Manning used to do. Yeah, because I'm because like, I am terrified that Mason's going to be trying to go out there and he's going to get blindsided by somebody, and it's just going to be an awful an awful scene. It is. Uh, CMCM Forever tweets us. Oh, uh, thank you for your question, NTSN. Uh, CMCM Forever asks, uh, "Do we see as much of Pertle when Smith returns?" Um, and then he asks, "What was that funky two back uh, two running back lineup?" So. Let's answer the first question. I think obviously we see less of Proto when Kelvin Smith returns because Kelvin is the starter. But I, I like we said before. I think I like I said before. Jason, I think Jason Proto gets some snaps. I think I he think. earned himself a spot. Yeah, I think. He I think. Him. I mean, you could even argue it could be depending on what they're going to do. It could be closer to 60-40 than we thought the seventy or eighty twenty yeah. that we thought we were going to see. Yeah, when it's not a two back two right. tight ends. Right. Because I think Pirtle, his receiving ability is just incredible. Yeah. So well, that's what he played. So exactly. Um, then he said, "What was with that funky two back lineup?" Uh, there were some times that was one of the things I put in my uh, ten takeaways thing. They had Torian Smith or Torian Easley out there next to Mason and Shotgun, which is something that we hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm. So that was a uh, that was cool. There was also a full house set out of the pistol, so where Mason was in the pistol, a uh, guy behind him. Then two a guy to his right and a guy to his left. Yeah, they're just showing us some interesting stuff. Um, assessment of Harvey, we covered that. And then where has Harry Griffin been? He's been on the team. Uh, he took a big step forward over the fall. Yeah, and he was originally a quarterback. 
So for I those who didn't know, know, yeah, he was originally recruited as an athlete quarterback, and then he was like the fifth string yeah. his first year. Yeah, good for him. So he transferred to a yeah. wide receiver. All right, appreciate the question, CMCM. Uh, Wally Rigg tweets at us, uh, does Mason have to hit 380 yards every game before we sit him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I genuinely think... First of all, Mason doesn't want to come out of a game. The coaches don't like Mason wants to play, but in the back of everyone's heads, I, either consciously or subconsciously, there's a thing in their head that says Mason has to reach this. I'll tell you to something. be noticed. I'll tell you what. Here's a hot take. It's not subconsciously. It's consciously. You, so you think the coaches kept him out there specifically to reach? No, I don't think they had a specific goal in mind. But I think they said, "All right, this game is close enough." Let's let Mason go. Like, so this they is were the looking, first game. So this, they were looking for a reason almost yeah, to keep yeah, him out like, there. This game is close enough. Mason is fine. Mason is uh, obviously has aspirations of elevating this team and making plays. And I think that in game in week one, especially they had the excuse of we we're trying to get him a lot of reps and it was a close enough game. So they were looking for reasons to keep him out there in that um, in that respect. He also asked how long before we see Bean again. I don't, Next time it's a blowout. Next time it's a blowout or, God forbid, Mason's injured. Otherwise, Mason, no matter how big the blowout is, I think depends on the blowout. If it's a... If they're up if they're up 41 to 14 on SMU next week, we'll see Jason Bean. In the yeah, quarter, but so. if I feel like if, like you said, it's a three-score game and it's the fourth quarter, yeah. I think they'll let Mason finish it out just specifically for stats. See, now you're changing what I said. Well, I think it's subconscious in a way. No, because I, I, I think they're... Just, I don't think Seth is I on the sidelines. I think they're trying to get him more reps. I think, because this is a senior year, I think they're trying to get him as many, as much playing time as possible. I don't think it's correlated to stats, per se, because if he only had 200 yards, I think they'd still... Or if even if he had 500 yards, I think they'd keep him out there. But I don't I think, think so. I think it's... No, because it's not about stats. I think it's about him be, it being a senior year and it him wanting to play and him... If it's only a three-score game, it's like... All right, well, let's just keep him out there and let's just let him play. Like it's it's more of a let's let him play thing than let's let him get six hundred yards. That makes sense. Um, he also asked about the transfers. Um, Which ones? The SMU transfers. Oh, we okay. talked about them. Yeah. Um, what positions? We I tried to name them all off. Go back and listen to that. Uh, appreciate your question. Um, Green Football sends us: Was the defense scaled back after p- pitching uh, the nearly first half shutout? And was the 31 points put up by ACU indicative of the starters? Thoughts on UNC's chances after seeing Cal put up an uninspiring performance against UC Davis? Well, it feels like everyone put up an uninspiring performance. Yeah, I think everybody in the world, like every game we watch, we're like, wow, they're, they shouldn't be like losing. Like Michigan only beat Middle Tennessee by 19. Michigan State, I thought. No, Michigan. Was it Michigan? Michigan? Wow. Yeah, sure, Michigan. Um, and then same with, uh, we saw Tennessee lose to Georgia State. Yeah. I mean, lots of games. Yeah. Um, it's week one. Yeah, it's week one. Uh, I think... They're, to an extent, they kind of put their foot off the pedal a little bit, but that still doesn't give an excuse to let you know these big plays go down the field. Exactly, I think the big plays more than anything. It's like you put your second stringers in, or I mean, a lot of times it was the starters, and if you take your foot off the gas, your main concern should be, all right, we're not letting them get behind us. We're not right. letting we're right. not letting them score, get forty yards. On and this arguably, part. the second stringers are trying to fight to play, to play exactly. so they should be trying more than the starters. Exactly. Um. So I'm not yeah I'm not sure if the defense was scaled back I just think it happened and they're gonna have to learn from it that they made they made some mistakes yeah so, all right appreciate the question um uh, that's it Colin that's it wow and you're back to our lives back to your dog sad yeah she's listen this dog is now. a lot my she's... feet 
Bruni, for like the first half of the podcast, Bruni is watching me trying to fight her off of my body, biting me because she wants to play. Yeah, Colin. She's adorable though. Wait till she's old enough to go for a walk and then just take her for a walk and then she'll just like pass out. Before every podcast, I'm just yeah. going to walk her for like seven hours. Exactly. Right when I wake up until he gets here. That's that's the plan. Just get a treadmill. Honestly, <laughs> I looked stuff up and like oh they God. do. No, uh, not for myself, but I was looking up like like how to like obedience train them because I want to train the dog myself. I don't want, you know, to hire somebody. Uh-huh. And the obedience trainer used a treadmill to calm them down, like tied the leash to the treadmill. And it's just walking. It's it was really. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the heck? And then the, they have like a bunch of dogs on these like plastic cots. That's their bed. Yeah. It's not like an actual dog bed. And it's just like, is this like, is this like some awful like place yeah. for dogs? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well. Anyways, uh, follow us on Mean Green Twenty Four Seven. Um. The tw- at Twitter on Twitter I should say and on Facebook. Check us out there. Um, follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Throw him likes on his photos because they're good photos. Um, oh. Me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And uh, oh, on SoundCloud, you can find this podcast at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Apple, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast as well. Leave us a five star rating, please. Four stars are fine, but they're not really fine. They're like Mason running. We don't want to see it. No, I'd say Mason running is worse than Ma- a four star review. Mason running is like leaving like a negative five star. I'd never want to see Mason run again in my entire life. Oh my god. All right. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm that, that is so a leave train us a five star rating. Yeah, only five, leave us a five star rating. Five star ratings are like Rico Bussy's touchdown pass reception. Yeah, yesterday. in double coverage. In double coverage. Just do it. Throw us throw us a five star. Yeah. You um, know, share us on your social media, Facebook. Exactly. You know? Yeah, th- share us, tell yeah. tell your friends, um tell your grandma Let's get this thing going. Hey, 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 Grandma! It's listen to Brody's breakdown. Yeah, L- send you the link. All right, Colin. <laughs> That's enough. That's I'm enough. So sorry. Let's close this out. Um, but yeah, follow us on that. Leave us a five star rating. Check out all the content we have on Mingreen twenty four seven sports dot or Mingreen twenty four seven dot com. Uh, become a VIP. Become a uh, subscriber to our email. That's for free. You can go uh, scroll down a little bit and subscribe to our email, which will send you updates whenever we post stuff and uh, whenever we have some some good content for y'all. Um, I think that's all we have for this week. We're excited. We will be in Dallas for SMU North Texas. Look forward to that. North Texas is 1-0. Let's see if they can make it 2-0. We'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks for joining us.